Hello everybody, Eric from Hit Subscribe here, and um, today I am picking back up in the series uh, that we're doing about uh, freelancer questions, often beginner freelancer mm -hmm. questions. <clears throat> this week uh, we're going to do one about moonlighting, and I want to apologize, I missed last week, and the reason that I missed last week was because like Facebook was down at the normal time, so that's interesting. Um, but yeah, no Facebook, no Facebook Live. But back at it here this week. Um, so the first thing I want to do is kind of define moonlighting, like what I mean here. So in the tagline for this video, I said, are you interested in um, doing work, even though you have a full-time job? And um, I'm going to make a distinction here um, in what I talk about in this post, because it, or post, uh, what is this, video, stream, whatever. Uh, I'm going to make a distinction between the idea of moonlighting and the idea of moonlighting as a freelancer. So... What is moonlighting generally? Um, this is a term for working in addition to a full-time job that you have. So I believe, although I have not looked up the etymology of this term, <clears throat> I believe moonlighting refers to the idea that you are doing work by moonlight, like at night, not during the day. Um, but generally speaking, moonlighting is just work you do on top of a full-time job. So it could be a part-time job, meaning you might have a nine-to-five and then you go bartend at night and you get um, a W-2 arrangement with a second employer. That is not what I'm going to be talking about here today. So moonlighting is anything you do on top of your full-time job. But what I'm going to be talking about here is having your own business interest on top of your full-time job. So this is a subset of moonlighting where you are freelancing or maybe starting your own kind of business like a blog that you're going to earn money through, etc. So uh, understand here, this is a kind of video guide to moonlighting as your own business owner. Um, so uh, how does this work? If you've only ever had a salary job, like this was me for the first six, seven years of my career, all I'd ever done is worked a nine to five, and I had never really thought about going out and doing work on my own. So if you're in that position, what does this look like? Um, and, you know, backing up even from there, like, can you do it? So um, let's dive into that a little bit. Are you even allowed to do this? Now, this is really going to vary um, by your employer. I will, in kind of a blanket fashion, say for the most part, yes, you are allowed to do it. It's a pretty draconian arrangement for an employer to come and just in blanket fashion say, you can only work for me, you cannot do anything for anyone else. Um, there are employment agreements that try to do that. And there are different kinds of agreement, employment agreements that you might be in. You might have something that's known as a non-compete, um, where you sign this non-compete agreement or employment agreement with your employer that puts a lot of strictures on what you are allowed to do commercially in your spare time. Uh, I am not a fan of uh, agreements like that personally. And um, I will say, as I go through this, I should have offered these caveats at the beginning, if you listen to me, bear in mind that I tend to be risk tolerant when it comes to dealing with employers and legal type things. Um, meaning throughout my career, I've kind of thumbed my nose slightly at uh, these types of agreements and winged it. Um, I, I want to offer that caveat just so you understand the lens through which I give advice. I will do my best not to give you bad advice of any kind, but I tend to be cavalier uh, when it comes to employment interests. So bear that in mind as we go. Now, when it comes to working uh, nine to five, your job, and doing things on the side, if you have the kind of employment agreement that I mentioned or a non-compete that I mentioned, 
um, you will want to be very aware of what restrictions are placed on you. So if you're thinking about going to do some moonlighting freelancing type work, the absolute first thing you want to do is go back through your um, employment records and look at what you've signed and read through it yourself. So has your employer placed any restrictions like this on you? Now, maybe you don't have the agreement you signed. Uh, I would always keep things like that for your records. But if you don't, you could go look in your human resources portal at um, your employee handbook. It should be listed there. There are different resources that you have. Now, um, one thing that people might suggest that I would not suggest is go ask your manager, go ask human resources. Don't do that because... Um, if you do that, you're tipping your hand to what you're going to be doing in your spare time. And I want to mention that even if your employer doesn't in any way expressly prohibit you from working on the side, there's no real upside to them to you having a side gig. Uh, it makes you generally more marketable overall. It supplies you with another line of income that isn't them, so it gives you leverage and bargaining power. In a lot of contexts, your uh, employer won't like this. So um, it's not that you can't go ask those people about it, but understand that you're kind of ringing a bell you can't easily unring if you tip your hand that you're going to be moonlighting. So I would uh, passively go look in your uh, HR portal for documentation about what you are and aren't allowed to do. Go look at things that you've signed in the past, etc. Um, now, if you have an employment agreement or a non-compete that you've signed, uh, generally it's not going to be completely blanket, so it will talk about... Um, common clauses uh, or uh, common scenarios where you wouldn't be allowed to work on the side. And one of those might be like you're not allowed to use your company laptop to do other types of work. Mm -hmm. So um, in looking at whether you can pursue this type of work, um, you're going to want to consult these resources. And then if you don't understand them, you might consult with a lawyer to ask um, not only what you are and aren't allowed to do, but how enforceable this is. Because uh, I'll tell you right now, a lot of these types of agreements that employers uh, force you to sign are draconian, and they're not enforceable, and they're designed to scare you not to actually be legally binding. So um, you could consult an attorney and ask that attorney, number one, um, what does this say I can and can't do? And number two, could this be enforced against me? So all of that is... Um, it kind of sounds uh, scary, I guess, up front. Ooh, you can hear my son back there. I think he's hungry. My wife's getting ready to feed him. Um, all of that can sound a little scary up front. I will tell you, based on experience, uh, a decent cross-section of employers never have you sign anything like this. Wouldn't bat an eye at you side hustling. Um, so it's not in all cases. Generally, the likelihood that you've signed something like this is um, directly proportional to how big your employer is. So if you work for a large enterprise, there's a chance you sign something like this. And if you're working for some kind of consultancy, they're typically notorious about this because you are their work product, so they don't want you competing with them. Um, so anyway, all of that is what you should check to kind of see where you stand on being allowed to pursue your own commercial interests. Um, let me move on and, and address, like, what if you can't or what if there are restrictions placed on you? What can you do? Uh, the first thing I'll say, and this is where, as I said earlier, I'm cavalier about this. Um, personally, I would probably quit or, or look for a different job that didn't place restrictions like that. But then again, I've always valued the ability to have options. Um, so you're going to have to evaluate for yourself if finding a different job makes sense. Um, if it's really hard in your field to find a different arrangement or you're golden handcuffed or life looks really good at your employer, maybe not. 
Um, so let's assume that you can't just quit uh, the way I would because I'm a job hopping mercenary. Um, you could attempt to renegotiate. So basically, you could go in and say, here's what I want to do. Um, can we negotiate an exception to this thing that I've signed so I can do X? Now, if you're going to do that, um, you want to make sure you're not competing with your employer. Um, and I'll get to some of this and how to play it anyway. I would consider that bad faith. You don't want to compete with your employer anyway. But um, if you're thinking of negotiating or doing a side hustle, um, what you pick out is going to matter. How you frame it to your boss is going to matter. So you want to get kind of specific about what you're going to do. Line up a bunch of arguments to reassure them that you're not doing anything that's going to be a conflict of interest. It's going to be totally in your spare time, nights and weekends. You're not competing in any way. You're not using their property, all this stuff. And then you can go in and renegotiate kind of an exception or just get clearance to do this. That's a good way to stay in the good graces of your employer. Uh, you do have another option, um, which is to just kind of do it anyway. So the odds, uh, again, risk tolerant, the odds of them actually finding out and caring are fairly low. Um, if you work and you're doing software engineering for a company and you start, you know, like a blog about birding that you're going to monetize, they're not going to care about that. I don't even know if I would bother to tell them about it. Even if they found out, what are they going to sue you for your like 20 bucks a month of affiliate income? Like it's so um, you do have this option to just go do it anyway. And then uh, a fourth thing I'll list is if they prevent you from doing it and you want to, you can go stealth mode for a while. So if you're thinking of building a SaaS or you're thinking of starting a blog or something, um, you can you can create that software or you can create that content um, kind of uh, quietly, build it up and not go public with it and do that in parallel with deciding what you're going to do about your employer. So you can lay a lot of groundwork. Like if you're going to do just like freelancing on the side, um, you could create a website. If you're not tra transacting business through it, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you can set up all kinds of infrastructure, set up a business bank account, et cetera, et cetera. So you can do a lot of stuff to aim for your side hustle before actually executing it and transacting any commerce. Um, so anyway, if, um, if you can't do it, uh, you have those options. Now, what if you can? What if you have a nine to five job that places no restrictions on what you do, or it places some, but you're operating within the bounds of what those are? How do you, um, how do you go about doing this? So the first question you might ask is, do you tell your boss? Now, I would, um, I would generally say not assuming that you're, you know you're on the up and up, your employment agreement permits it. Uh, I wouldn't go advertising to your boss or to really anybody at your company that you're doing a side hustle. There's just not a lot of upside to doing that because they'll take a different look at you, maybe become more skeptical about your performance. Are you really sick when you're calling in sick, etc.? That said, you're going to have to feel that out for yourself if you have an excellent relationship with your boss and your boss is saying, you know, hey, go live your dream, side hustle, etc., um, then maybe tell them. Um, Another reason you might tell them is having a side hustle, as I mentioned earlier, does give you leverage. So let's say um, that this all goes well in a couple of years in, you're working nine to five and maybe making 70K a year or something, and you've built a side hustle up to the point where you're making 40, 50, 60K a year through that side hustle. Now you've basically engineered a job for yourself that you could use as negotiating leverage. So this is all uh, real politic for like a career development video I could do later. Um, but... If you are so inclined, having a lucrative side hustle can give you leverage because it means that you don't need your employer as much as other employees maybe do. 
but anyway, all things being equal, I wouldn't personally tell my boss or anyone at work that I was engaging in a side hustle. Um, I think it's important now to talk about how do you kind of ethically and just pragmatically negotiate having um, freelancing on the side, doing this moonlighting. Um, how do you juggle these things in a way that like won't get you fired or in trouble or whatever? Um, so how do you minimize your risk of being found out and, and getting in trouble at work? Uh, one thing I'll say is definitely keep it out of work hours. Um, if you, even if you have lulls at work or your boss hasn't given you enough to do, if you start, um, you know, doing whatever your side hustle is, working for someone else while you're in your office or while you're on the company laptop, even without an explicit employment agreement, ethically speaking, that's pretty iffy and it's probably grounds for termination for you to be doing business on your company laptop on company time for somebody else, uh, I would be surprised if that weren't grounds for termination of just about every employer. Um, so you want to keep it out of company hours, keep it off of company property, not on the company laptop. You basically want your side hustle to be yours. You're using your personal computer, you're doing it on nights and weekends, etc. You would not want anybody at your company in any way to be able to look at what you were doing and think that it was a conflict of interest. So along those lines, uh, don't compete with your employer. You certainly, you know, if you work as a um, software engineer at a company that sells application development, like you're a uh, consultant, people call that, um, don't go do that in your spare time for uh, somebody that could be a client of your employer. That's a bad faith arrangement. And for the love of God, don't poach your client's contacts or approach them about doing business with them. So if you are working for a company, or sorry, uh, I think I said client, if you're working for a company and that company has customers, don't as an employee of that company, go pitch your company's customers for your own freelance work. Well, it's a super bad look. It's really unethical. You're gonna get rejected because like most people would probably just straight away report that to your employer because that's, uh, just don't do that. So, um, I could enumerate maybe more situations, but you, on the whole, want to make it clear that um, the work you're doing on the side is in every way unrelated to your day job. It is your work, your customers, your business, not anything to do with them. So that is how I'd play it, and I would keep very clear boundaries um, between your day job and anything else that you're doing. So that, like, you know, maybe a good rule of thumb is this. Imagine that your boss found you out or imagine that like all of this came out, that this is how you were rolling. You would want somebody to say, um, even if they didn't want you to do that, to say, yeah, I grudgingly concede that there is really no conflict of interest here. Nothing you're doing on the side is impacting your day job in any way. Um, another thing to consider when you're moonlighting on top of working nine to five is doing right by your clients. Um, so you have this job that's taking up eight, nine, whatever hours of your day. That's a pretty significant time commitment. Then presumably you also do human things like sleep and uh, have a family and such. So what I'm getting at is when you're moonlighting, there's a pretty narrow band of time that you can commit. And if you're out freelancing, you know, you've hung out your shingles in moonlight, uh, started a business, whatever, you're gonna to have to do right by that business that you've started in, in a fairly narrow time window. So how do you manage those clients while still doing right by them? Um, 
because like, you know, compared to somebody who is a full-time freelancer, that person is going to be able to take meetings at, you know, 1 p.m. and uh, do all kinds of stuff that maybe you aren't able to do with your clients if you're only working between uh, 5 to 9 instead of 9 to 5. So um, I would say a couple of things here. Number one, set clear um, boundaries about your time and expectations, meaning if you're only available on nights and week weekends, make that very clear with anybody you're doing business with up front. Uh, this is when I work. This is when I'm available. I do not take calls in the middle of the day. Don't call me. I am on my employer's time. Um, so you want to set boundaries about your time. And then the other thing I'd say is set boundaries about how you communicate. Because again, you're not going to be available during normal business hours to do Zoom calls with your clients. So I would suggest upfront in any calls you're doing uh, when it comes to business, uh, say that email is my preferred means of communication. If on occasion you do need to have a call with me and that call needs to be during business hours, you know, maybe you negotiate something with your employer where once a week you come in at 10 and you say, hey, uh, I am available Wednesdays, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. to do calls. Other than that, it's Slack or email or whatever. Uh, one thing I would say just as a piece of freelancing advice um, or, you know, if you're doing a SaaS business or whatever um, for dealing with business contacts, uh, the more that you set and define how communication with you works, this is counterintuitive, but the more you define that, the better sales calls will go, the better account management will go. And here's what I mean. If you have a sales call and you say to somebody, I communicate via email, except during these times I accept phone calls, I will get back to you within one day, etc. You are clearing up a lot of mysteries and you are dictating how things go. Um, people you do business with appreciate that. Ironically, like more so than if you were like, oh, communicate with me however you want, anytime you want, uh, you'd be surprised, but setting clear rules of engagement actually tends to go better in sales calls than just being available for anything. Um, and in this case, when you're moonlighting and time management is of the essence, do that, number one, because it's a good look and it makes you look professional, but number two, because it's the only way you're going to be able to set boundaries and not disappoint. You can't lead people to believe that you can just take phone calls all day, every day, because you can't. That's bad faith with your employer. Um, so this is a good bit of information about side hustle moonlighting. Uh, I will wrap it here by talking endgame. So let's say that you start moonlighting, it goes well, you're taking on more and more business, etc. What does that tend to look like? Like you're going to get to a point where suddenly you have um, more business than you can handle. Uh, my personal Operating philosophy here for anybody who is really looking to be serious about a side hustle is moonlight up to the point where your day job starts to get in the way of your moonlighting. And then you've got a reckoning here because um, if you have built to that point, you are getting to be successful enough that you can probably launch and go into business for yourself. Um, so what does that look like? Let's assume you get successful. Uh, what I would do is, number one, set some milestones like whether it's the amount of time you're spending moonlighting or the amount of money that you're bringing in, what would be the point where you quit your job and you go full time in terms of, you know, I would probably set like a, an income expectation there. Now, it's unlikely if you're earning that hypothetical 70000 a year that you're going to get to 70000 a year in moonlighting with a 70000 a year job. So you have to kind of work backwards and say like, well, if I am spending up to 10 hours a week moonlighting and I hit, um, what would half of that be, like $17,500? So if in a quarter of the time I spend at my job, I have the income 
that equates to my job, maybe that's when you set a um, an inflection point and you say, I'm spending 10 hours a week moonlighting and I'm making $17,500. Now I need to take a serious look at, could I scale this up to 40 hours a week and replace my income? So it's hard to go. You could probably do a whole video about this topic alone. But what you basically want to do is set these check-in points with uh, time and or income to take a look at what you're doing and think, could I make a jump? Could I go into business for myself? Can this scale? And um, set an inflection point where you're going to check in and ask yourself that. And then if the answer is yes, you're not just going to walk in the next day and quit your job. You're going to want to build some runway because taking something that you're doing 10 hours a week and scaling it up to 40 doesn't just happen overnight. So you're going to want to set aside some runway for that time to ramp up. And you're going to want to uh, probably lay some groundwork in terms of your planning um, between when you've decided, yes, I can really make a go of this freelancing and when you actually do it. So once that inflection point is hit, set a calendar set of uh, timeline, like saving um, enough money, and then also plan out, like, when are you going to put in your notice? Because you can kind of work backwards and, and make some plans for kicking off your business. And so that is it. That's kind of my take across the board on moonlighting while you have a full-time job. Hopefully that's been helpful. Um, if you have questions you'd like to see answers to and you're watching this on Facebook Live, you can um, put those in the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, also put that in the comments. You know, Wherever you are, make some comments. I will see those and answer questions. Um, and apart from that, I will catch you next time.